Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KLKC Radio this Monday morning. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We have no guests today, so we're going to talk a little bit about some local sports. Uh, first segment is going to really focus on the Labette Community College softball team, how well they're playing right now, their path to a potential conference title. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about Labette wrestling. Uh, they're headed to the national tournament this week. Uh, and we've also got Mariah Monroy out of Cherryville signed with NCAA Missouri Southern State for track and field. Uh, so we've got a fun show uh, for you today. I'm going to kind of break it down, uh, what all of this means going on in local sports. And let's start with the Labette softball program. Uh, the Labette softball program right now, they are 15-1 and in Kansas Jayhawk Conference play and 24-10 and overall on the season. On Saturday, they swept number 12 Kansas City, Kansas on the road. Two big road wins against number 12 Kansas City, Kansas. That's where a team ranked 11th in the country. So a battle of two teams right outside the top 10. And Labette goes and takes care of business on the road. They have won 14 of their last 16 games, Labette has, with both of those losses Coming to Butler at home. Butler, a Division One Jayhawk Conference team, so not Division Two like Labette. Butler, a Division One team, one of the best Division One softball programs in the in the junior college scene throughout the country. They won back to back national titles not too long ago, and they're a penciled in favorite for the national title this year. They actually here really handled Labette in their two games at here in Parsons earlier this year. But those are the only two losses that Labette has over their last 16 games. Right now, you have Morgan Holland, Gray Holland as I call her, and as she goes by sometimes, she is second in the conference in RBI and second in the conference in home runs with 12. Uh, great first baseman out of there. Uh, you know, Gray Holland is is a very interesting story for Labette. Uh, you know, she was a sophomore last year. Uh, she was part of a sophomore class uh, that had eight other of her teammates uh, that had their season canceled early uh, by the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and Gray was the only one to return. Uh, Gray, and it ended up working out for her because right now she is at, in the heart of a lineup and is really producing for the Cardinals. She is one of two big power bats along with Coral Alice, uh, Santiago Pomelis. I'm sorry if I if I jacked that name up a little bit, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's these two power bats in the Labette lineup, uh, Holland and Santiago Pomelos out of Puerto Rico, uh, that really anchor uh, the Labette lineup. Uh, and it and it provides some pop that I haven't really seen out of a Labette team since I've been here. I got here um, in the fall of 2014, so the spring of 2015 was the first time I saw Labette. And they were and Ryan Phillips, their head coach there, he is a small ball extremist. Um, at times, uh, he knows how to put pressure on the base pads. He knows how to utilize the short game. But this year's team, top to bottom, they they can hit for power. They they swing away at times. Uh, in a game against who were they? Who whoever they played earlier last week, um, Heston. Uh, they were playing Heston in their first game as ranked number eleven. Uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Schmidt, their center fielder. Morgan Schmidt, another great player. She's second in the Jayhawk in stolen bases. Uh, she's their leadoff hitter. She's a slapper. Uh, she blasted a home run um, against Heston in, a, in another sweep for the Cardinals. Uh, it was just a uh, very, ex, you know, she this power in this lineup is, is something I haven't seen since I've been here when it comes top to bottom. Obviously, we've had some great power hitters 
for LeBet. You had Audrey Miller, who was there for a while. She was an All-American catcher for LeBet. She was part of that sophomore class last year. Uh, she was a great power hitter, but the power all the way up and down the lineup. I mean, you talk about Chloe Sams, who can hit home runs. Uh, obviously, Holland and Santiago Pomelis. Morgan Morgan Schmidt can hit for power. Kira Jackson, the right fielder, can hit for power. Uh, Winter Snyder knows how to put one out of the yard. Uh, at any given point in this lineup, Lebet can can take you deep, and they can and they know how to stack runs in a hurry. And that's what makes this Lebet team so dangerous. And then they're led in the circle uh, right now. Their, their traditional game one pitcher is Jaden Wyrick, a Lebet County product, uh, daughter of the superintendent over there at USD 506. Jaden Wyrick pitching very well for the Cardinals after really kind of getting her bearings in in her fresh in her canceled freshman season. Uh, she's she's pitching well uh, as kind of that ace role. Uh, and then game two has really been a a flex for the Cardinals. They've had, they've sometimes gone to Caitlin Kotler's uh, who's pitched well at times. And sometimes they go to Laney Stegging, but it seems like Laney Stegging, her prime role is to be a reliever. And very rarely do you see just elite relievers in college softball, because a lot of times your best teams with your best pitching staffs, they have pitchers that can go to distance that are going to go all seven innings and deliver. Uh, But, but Labette has, in their pocket, a relief pitcher in Laney Stegging that can just really make a difference. You know, the, the phrase I use for her is she is the make it stop pitcher. If, if Labette needs the opposing offense, if they need if they need to get out of a jam, if they need to make it stop and 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 go back to the dugout, you know, go you know, you know, go at, go ask Laney and she'll get it for you. You know, in so many versatile weapons for this Labette team. And right now, though, they're facing a point in their schedule where it's about to get real tough. Right now, they are first in the conference. They're in first place in the conference. They're atop the Kansas Jayhawk conference standings. Second is number 14, Cali, at 14-2. and two. Remember, remember Labette is 15-1. and one. Second is Cali at 14-2. and two. They have a batter who's hitting 5-12 right now that leads the Jayhawk. I think Cali is the most dangerous team in the Jayhawk outside of Labette right now. And it's a close, and they are right there with number nine Highland. Number nine Highland, the highest ranked team in the Jayhawk, uh, the highest nationally ranked team, I will say. But they're third in the conference at 11-3. and three. They have two pitchers with ERAs in the twos. They probably have the best pitching staff in the conference. And then you have, at, in fourth place, you have number 20, Johnson County. They're sitting at 12-4. and Labette split with them earlier in the year. And then in fifth place, you have number 12, Kansas City, Kansas, sitting at 12-5, and who Labette has taken all four games from, and two of them were run rules. So right now, Labette is sitting pretty, but their schedule's about to get real tough. Let me take you through their schedule here coming up over the next few weeks. You, they they return to action Thursday, back on the road in Chanute. They're playing Neosho County. Neosho County is, while they're an unranked team, they, they stole a game, I believe, from Cali earlier this year. You're right, it was Cali. They stole a game from Cali earlier this year. One of Cali's two, Cali has two conference losses, one of them to Highland and one of them to Neosho County. Neosho County is a team that is fighting for playoff seating. Of the 10 teams in the conference, only seven advanced to a postseason to a regional tournament, to a district tournament that can get you a bid to the Nationals. So Neosha County right now sitting at 7th. They are sitting at the last spot. Now they have a couple games of advantage 
over eighth place, but they are they are fighting for wins. And their head coach is Kim Alexander, who used to be an assistant for Ryan Phillips, the head coach at Labette. They know that Neosha County always gives Labette problems. They routinely face each other in the postseason, and it is always a it is always a brutal, tough matchup. My very first year here, it was Neosha County and Labette playing in the finals of a district tournament uh, to to advance to nationals, and Neosha County was on the top side of that. Labette needed then who was an eventual national pitcher of the year, Alex Brake, to deliver them two wins uh, to go to nationals back in 2015. Neosha County always a tough team, and, and they're good. And here's what's dangerous about this series against Neosha County is one, it's on the road, and so you're playing in an unfam- you're playing in an environment obviously that you're less familiar with. Two, Labette needs to sweep that. Because of their next going into Saturday, they had ten games in conference play where eight of them were against nationally ranked teams. The way I kind of figured it, as as the as the amateur junior college softball bracketologist that I am, the way I figured it is, you probably need seven wins in those ten. You need seven wins at least to probably hold first place. Eight would be great. Eight would make it almost impossible for a team to catch you, as, unless. Those two losses, you got swept by a Cali or swept by Highland. But seven wins would probably hold you in first place because you have some games at the back end of your schedule that you can probably get some wins and maybe make up any ground that you lost. And they have they have some insurance right now. They have a game of insurance right now. So right now, I, was, I, I said over these next 10, which included the series against KCK on Saturday, you probably need seven wins. Eight would be really nice. Obviously, nine and 10 would be great. But, I mean, it's just such a tough schedule. Very tough to play that great, that extended, although Labette's certainly capable of it. So, Neosha County on Thursday, they need two wins in that. So, if you get two wins against Neosha County, add those two wins from KCK, you're over, you're halfway there or beyond that to the seven that I said that I feel like you need to hold first place. After that, they're home on Saturday against Highland. That is number nine Highland with those two pitchers with sub three ERAs. Brutal schedule coming up for the Cardinals. And that Highland series, a team they have not faced yet, Highland, the Highland coaching staff and Ryan Phillips, they're very close. They know each other very well, and those series are always very competitive. But I will say Highland has seemed to have the, the better, the, the better of the, has gotten the better of Ryan Phillips over the last few years. And that's because Labette had taken a bit of a dip after they went to nationals a couple of years ago. Uh, back in, They made back-to-back trips in 2015 and 2016. So in this hunt for a conference title, Highland looking all is always going to be in the hunt for it, and you're going to have to kind of defeat a monster there. Then in a non-conference game, they they have to go to Butler on April 26th. Now this is a game that does not count towards conference standings because again Butler is a Division One program, but that means you have to go to Butler, and if you're hunting wins, which I'm, which obviously Ryan Phillips is, you, you may have to throw pit. That means Jaden Wyrick or Kalen Cutlers or. Kelly Hipsher, another pitcher, or Laney Stegging, they're gonna they're gonna have to get burned two days after they just played Highland, and and it's gonna be a road trip too against a very tough opponent. And you wonder how that will kind of affect the psyche and the rhythm of the team, knowing the type of team that Butler is. But at the same time, you know Ryan Phillips believes that they can go and get a win at Butler, even though they got handled twice at, at home. You know it wasn't too long ago that Parsons graduate. A Parsons High School native, Lindsey Pellock, won a game against Butler. So it is certainly, Labette and Butler, I, I don't think the gap there is as wide as it maybe seemed on paper a couple weeks ago when, when Butler won by the run rule twice. But at the same time, it is 
you know, we know, I, I think we're aware of the fact that Butler is certainly, you know, a pencil favorite for the Division One national title. And, and that's why Ryan goes and plays those teams over at LaBette. He wants his team to face that type of competition because he knows as you go deeper and deeper and deeper into the season, that's what you're going to face. And if you want to beat them, you have to see them. You have to know what they look like. Thursday, April 29th, after that Butler series, they are home against number 14 Cali. So your back-to-back conference series after Neosha County and sandwich, these two series sandwich the Butler one. You have Highland on Saturday. You go to Butler on Monday. Again, not a conference series against Butler. And then you have to come home and play Cali. So Highland and Cali, those back-to-back conference series, it is going to be that is those two series to me will probably decide the conference title right there because those three teams right there, Labette, Cali, and Highland, Labette has one conference loss. It came to Johnson County earlier in the year. Uh, Highland, Cali has two losses, and Highland has three. So you have two games of separation in the standings between those three teams, and Labette plays both of them back-to-back in conference series. To me, you get a split in those, you're fine. That means you didn't lose ground. You didn't lose. If you get a split against Highland, you didn't lose ground. If you get a split against Cali, you didn't lose ground. You would love to get a sweep over Cali because that would probably knock them out. Because you would have a head-to-head over them, you would get you that would knock them out. And then Saturday, after the series against Cali, they go back on the road on May first, Saturday, May one. So you've got the series on this coming Thursday, April twenty-second at Neosho County. Then you're home Saturday, the 24th against Highland. Go to Butler on mo- that following Monday. Thursday, April 29th, you're home against Cali. And then Saturday, you're back at number 20, Johnson County. The only team to beat you in conference play so far. And it is, and that's how it's going to end. That's how it's going to end this brutal, brutal stretch. They need to... It, it, LeBet has not won a Kansas Jayhawk conference title since 2011. And that's their only conference title in the program's history. Their last national tournament appearance was 2016. Right now, right now as the show's being recorded on a Sunday afternoon, the Cardinals are ranked number 11 in the nation. I'm sure that's going to go up because the poll usually comes out on a Monday or a Tuesday and they and they just blew out they just blew out number 12 KCK twice. I'm sure they're going to enter the top 10 as this new poll comes out depending on how other teams in the country did, but right now you've got a first place team in the Jayhawk Conference coming off a sweep of number 12 in the nation, and they were number 11. My guess is they're going to jump into the top 10. Uh, Right now, that number 11 ranking is the highest since 2012. It's the highest in the program since 2012. Remember, in 2015 and 2016, LeBette had the National Pitcher of the Year, Alex Brake. They had unbelievable talent up and down the roster. They made the National Tournament twice. They finished fifth at the National Tournament back-to-back years. They never got that high of a national ranking in that entire time. But right now they're ranked number eleventh. That's the highest since twenty twelve, and they're hunting their first. They're just the second conference title in program history, their first one since twenty eleven. And why all this talk of a conference title outside of the uh, the achievement recognition that you get? It comes down to playoff seating. So you've got these region tournaments. Like I said, seven teams from the Jayhawk Conference make the postseason. Why is it not eight? Why is it not an even number for bracket play? Well, because you have Murray State. In another region that comes into this playoff seating to make it eight teams. It'll probably be Murray. They're a ranked team. They're in, in the NJCAA. They have to win their region, but the region also includes North Ar- includes one other team. It's North Arkansas, and they're terrible. 
like they're they're a team they're a softball team that generally wins like maybe three games a year, and so Murray State usually just run rules them and advances to to the region tournament. So here is why a conference title is so critical to to the standings. You have two brackets in this region tournament. Traditionally, both brackets were played in Topeka, but part of the agreement to get Murray State into uh, into this region, which gives the Kansas Jayhawk Conference a chance at two bids to the national tournament, here's how the seeding goes. This year, one bracket will be in Topeka and one bracket will be in Oklahoma. The seeds that go to Topeka out of the Kansas Jayhawk Conference are who finishes first, fourth, fifth, and seventh. If the season ended today, that would be Johnson County, I'm sorry, that would be LeBet at number one, Johnson County at number four, KCK at number five, and Heston, I'm sorry, Neosho County at number seven. Here's the seeds that go to Oklahoma, number two, three, and six, along with Murray State. Murray State is, again, they are a ranked team. They're a good team. And you have to go, you have to basically go and play them. They're the ones hosting it. You have to go to, you have to go to Murray State and play them. The number two seed is Cali, the number three seed is Highland, and the number six team is, I believe, Heston right now. So, you have one field that would be Labette, Johnson, KCK, and Neosho County, and you have another field that is Cowley, Highland, Heston, and then a ranked Murray State, and that one's in Oklahoma. It's no question you want to go to Topeka. In my opinion, the number four seed has a better bracket than the numbers two and three. If you don't get first, you might as well throw yourself to fourth. So right now, LeBette has that number one seed, and their first game would be against seventh seed in Neosho County. So it is going to be a wild finish, and whoever wins that conference, they are getting a much— they, they get— they would only have a bracket that maybe include if Labette got the seed that the, if Labette holds this number one seed right now, if Labette holds the number one seed right now, their four and five seed they have a of Johnson County and KCK they have a combined record of five and one against them. Whereas the two three that two three going to Oklahoma of Highland and Cali they haven't seen yet. We don't know what they look like, and they're about to play them back to back. So, a conference title. And a potential huge advantage when it comes to the postseason. That's what's at stake for the Cardinals. That's what they're chasing right now. We're going to go to a quick break here on The War Room. I'm your host, Sean Fry, here on KOKC. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to The War Room. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Uh, moving on from Labette Softball, we got Labette Wrestling. Labette Community College Wrestling. They're about to go to the national tournament. It starts on Wednesday, April 21st. Labette Wrestling, one of the most storied programs, probably the most storied program um, at Labette. Uh, they've got multiple national titles there. Uh, Ten wrestlers are going to go to the national tournament representing the Cardinals. Uh, there's, there was no district championship to qualify for nationals uh, as part of COVID regulations and all that. So Lebet gets to send all ten wrestlers to the national tournament. I'm expecting, I'm sure multiple guys are going to compete and possibly get and probably get All-American status there. The Lebet wrestling program having a good year this year despite all the COVID obstacles that they faced. Should be a very exciting time. Uh, for the Community College as a whole. Remember, the men's basketball team 
coming off its first ever conference title. Bryson Dennis got conference MVP in the Jayhawk Conference for the men's basketball program. LeBet women's basketball started the year ranked number one. They got shut down. That shutdown really killed their momentum, but they finished the year ranked number seven, uh, got to the region semifinals, and finished with a winning record. Uh, and, and then obviously, you know, LeBet softball doing their thing. You've got four of the six programs there really competing well, and they have chances to go deep, deep, deep into the postseason. Uh, you know, so good luck to LeBet wrestling um, and every Jayhawk conference program. Uh, and every program up there uh, competing for a national championship in, at Juco Wrestling. Uh, another big piece of news that happened last week, and I wanted to highlight it a little bit, is Mariah Monroy out of Cherryville. She was the Parsons Sun Girls Athlete of the Year last year. She's one of my favorite athletes to cover. She signed with Missouri Southern State Track and Field on Friday. And Missouri Southern State, an NCAA D2 school. Uh, Mariah Monroy is the defending Keisha Class 3A State Triple Jump Champion. But the reason I wanted to highlight Mariah is because I, I came up with a list off the top, kind of off the top of my head. So if I'm forgetting a name or two, you know, go ahead and yell at me on Twitter about it. But here's the list of people that have gone on to NCAA schools and really stuck it out so that they're, they're there multiple years or they seem sustainable. We've had one or two that went there and then never like signed and never competed, stuff like that. Here are the people in the Parsons Sun coverage area, which includes Parsons High School, Labette County, Chautauqua, Oswego, Cherryville, St. Paul, and Erie. Here are the people that have gone on to the NCAA schools straight out of high school since I've got here in 2014, in the fall of 2014. You have Nina Taylor, who's at Oral Roberts. You have Tristan Gegg, who's at Pitt State, both of those for women's basketball. Brett Thompson for track and field at Pitt State. He just set the school record for javelin, and he's qualified for the Olympic trials, and he's one of the best javelin throwers in the country. Good for Brett Thompson out of Erie. Easton Dean, obviously out of Labette County, he went to Iowa State for football. He's a tight end there. And then you've got the Albertini brothers, Anthony Albertini, who's now on scholarship at Pitt State um, as a lineman, and Adam Albertini, who's a walk-on running back there at Pitt State, both out of St. Paul. That's it. It is hard to go straight to the NCAA out of high school, you know, particularly in this area. And, and part of it is because, you know, obviously I think some kids get overlooked. But I think the other part is, you know, part of being in major metropolitan areas, so your Kansas cities, your Wichita's, your East Coast or whatever, they have way more infrastructure to for training and performance. And that's just a simple fact. And so kids out of this area don't get those same opportunities that kids in, in, in higher populated areas get. And so for, for your Nina Taylors and Tristan Geggs and Brett Thompson's and Easton Dean's and your Albertini's, you know, for them to do what they're doing it's a rare feat out of this area, and Mariah Monroy is going to go join them. Mariah Monroy is in, in that conversation. In the list I gave you, again, Nina Taylor, Tristan Gag, Brett Thompson, Easton Dean, Anthony Albertini, Adam Albertini. Th- those are probably, that's the list of the best athletes that I've covered in this area, basically. That, that's, that is the list. I mean, you, you might be able to throw in some, Dariq, you can probably throw in some Dariq Williams in there. You can throw in some Daquan Johnson in there. But you're talking about, you know, high-level competitors that you know dominated when they were when they were in high school, and that's what it takes. And you know, so congratulations to Mariah. I think she's going to do a great job at Missouri Southern, and I think that's a great that's a great pick for her. She's going to mold herself into. She, she's always a great athlete. Averaged a double double on a basketball team that was always a winning team and made runs into the postseason. You know, an exciting finish. 
Some other notes real quick as we wrap up. Uh, one note I wanted to give is Johnson County won the NJ, won the JUCO Division II national title in volleyball. Volleyball season just wrapping up. The reason I wanted to mention that is Neosho County also went to the national tournament under head coach Marisa Compton. She was a former head coach at Labette, and now in her first year at Neosho County with a team of almost exclusively freshmen, I want to say they had one or two sophomores, they go to the national tournament. School's first ever birth to the national tournament. You know, so a great job there for Neosho County. That'll do it for the War Room here on KLKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We'll be joined hopefully by a guest next week, so I don't, you don't have to hear my voice as much. Believe me, I don't like hearing it as much as you don't. Everybody stay safe and God bless.